Amen. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, open up to Psalm chapter number 40. Psalm chapter number 40. As you're turning there, last week we started a, uh, maybe a mini-series, maybe the best way to word it, but uh, uh, the idea of, of looking at the will of God in our life. The will of God in our life. And last week we looked at the idea that uh, the will of God, obviously, first and foremost, is for each and every person to be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's what God desires for each and every person. We covered some other things as well, but, uh, but generically, really, you need to understand that God's will is for every person on this earth to be saved. Um, he did not create us as robots. He doesn't force us to be saved. Uh, But he did send his only son, Jesus Christ, uh, down to the earth to live on the earth and to to live his lifetime here on this earth, an absolutely sinless life without sin. And you say, preacher, you believe that? I do. Uh, Because the Bible says it, that that Jesus lived an absolutely sinless life. We have a hard time understanding that because we, by nature, we are sinners. And uh, we just, we can't hardly make it through a day without sin in our life because of our sin nature and because of who we are. But Jesus lived an absolute sinless life. Then he died. Why did he die? He didn't deserve to die. He didn't do sin. And and the Bible tells us that sin uh, or or death is a result of sin. The Bible is very clear about that. So Jesus, by all regards, should not have died but he died in your place and my place. He lived a sinless life so that he could be the perfect sacrifice and shed his precious blood on Calvary so that you and I could be saved so that we could be born again. And he desires for us uh, to accept that salvation. The Bible goes on and says that he rose again from the dead, and, uh, and he now sits on the right hand of the throne of God, and he offers our, that salvation as a gift to those who will put their faith and trust in him. And so God desires that every person would be saved. That's the most important thing. In Psalm chapter 40, I was looking up the, uh, all the verses really that have uh, God and Lord or, or His will. And uh, the word will is used many, many times throughout the Bible, but it doesn't always refer directly to God. But, but I want us to understand this this morning, that uh, God does have a will for your life. God cares about you. God knows who you are. God knows where you live. God knows all about your health and all about your life and all about your circumstances. But he still has a desire for your life. And he has something that he wants uh, you to do. I was talking with uh, Ms. Virginia Andrews this week and uh, she is our oldest member. Uh, 98, I believe she is, and and uh, and she said what she said. Uh, well, maybe it was last week. I was up there visiting, and and she said, I just I just want to go home. And she's talking about heaven. And I said, Well, I said God's not done with you. Apparently, He's still got something for you to do. And that's true. I mean, as long as you're here on the earth, God has something that He wants you to do. Now, what is it? I don't know. I can't, I can't sit down. I, I can't 
just flip through a, a book and say, well, uh, now, Adam, here's God's will for your life. And, and Ed, here's God's will for your life. And Richard, here's God's will for your life. And, and Daniel, here's God's word for you. I can't. We, we don't have it all written down. That's between you and God. And God wants to reveal his will to you. And so all of us should be looking for God's will. We ought to be cognizant. We ought to be aware that God has a will and a desire for our life. And if we're aware of that, we ought to be living within his will for our life. In Psalm chapter 40 and verse number 8, we find this verse, just one verse of scripture this morning, and we'll take our text from there. The Bible says, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. This psalm was written by David, who is described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. And he wrote this verse, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather in your house, Father, around your word. God, I pray that you'd use me. God, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that each and every person would be aware of your will for their life. And God, I pray that they would, uh, they would be interested in living uh, and doing what you would have them to do. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart uh, this morning. And God, if there's one person who does not know you as their personal Savior, God, I pray that they would put their faith and trust in you this morning. God, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage by way of introduction, we're thinking about this psalm. It was written by David, and, uh, and clearly he followed God in his life. And there's no doubt that, uh, that David was not a perfect man. I don't, I don't want to portray that by any stretch of the imagination because he was not a perfect man. But the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. He had a heart's desire to follow God with his life. There's no doubt about that. Looking over the life of David, you see many times when he did follow God. And, and throughout the book of Psalms, there's time and time again uh, that, that he writes about God's will in his life. And this is one of those in that he uh, delights to do God's will. But as we look at this psalm, also I want us to recognize that it does point to the life of Jesus Christ. Some of the psalms are prophetic by nature, and, and they do point to the life of Jesus Christ. And uh, they, they kind of have dual meaning, if I could say it that way, that it was, was David's heartfelt um, desire to do God's will, but then it also does point to Jesus Christ. One of the psalms that is prophetic as well, that's probably more clear, is Psalm 22 and verse number 14 down through 16, and you don't have to turn there, I'll read it, but, uh, but if you want to, it's right there, just back a few pages. It says this in Psalm 22... And verse number 14, let me get there so I can read it. He says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. 
My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. We stop right there, and and as we read that, we know hindsight, looking back, well, that is certainly prophetic, looking forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, there's no doubt about it, because we know in his crucifixion, uh, he said, I thirst. In other words, hey, his mouth was dry and he was thirsty. There, he had a physical thirst in, in, in there. And, uh, and he says, hey, my, my tongue is dried and, and, uh, and it cleaveth to the roof of my mouth. And, and he says, that, you know, all of his bones were out of joint. And, you know, when they dropped that cross in, certainly would have jerked all their bones out of, out of joint. And you look there and he says in the last verse, that's a dead giveaway, they pierced my hands and my feet. And so certainly it is a a prophetic psalm looking forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. And and somehow I I think also that it probably had some form to do with David, maybe in a uh, more of a a song type issue of of not literal with David so much, but as his circumstances many times were dire. And so some of the psalms do look forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of the psalm that we're going to look at this morning, Psalm 40 and verse 8, certainly could apply to Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about that. And it also could very well apply to David. So it would go either way. And I just want us to recognize and understand that. Uh, but uh, Jesus was certainly 100% man, and He was 100% God. And, uh, and there's no doubt about that. And, and I might not be able to explain all of it, but I can assure you that's what the Bible teaches. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus himself prayed this. He said, uh, he said, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass from away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. There's a lot of discussion about you know, God's will and Jesus' will and, and all of that. And I don't want to get into all of that, but I do want us to recognize that in His humanity, hey, I'm telling you, it would have been difficult for anyone to look forward to pain and suffering and agony that they know they're going to suffer. And, and, and so do understand and do realize that, hey, there is God's will and sometimes it's not easy for us to accept or do that will. But as we think about all of this, let's go back to Psalm verse four, chapter 40 and verse number 8, our text. And I want us to, to look at this psalm. And there's three things that I want to pull out of this verse. The Bible says, I delight to do thy, thy will, O my God. And then he says this little three-letter word, Yea, thy law is within my heart. And I find that last phrase very interesting. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And he's talking definitively about the will of God. Uh, We know that because he delights to do thy will. But I see there that idea of yea. Now what does that word yea mean? It's an affirmation. And it actually means a word that expresses affirmation or assent in Scripture. It is used to denote certainty, consistency, consistency. I can't talk harmony, and stability. And so that idea of yea uh, is saying, hey, I agree with that. Amen. I'm happy about thy will and thy word is within 
my heart. And as we think about that and the will of God, uh, we need to understand that there was a heartfelt acceptance of God's Word. A heartfelt acceptance of God's Word. Listen, uh, some, sometimes people will say, well, what's God's will for my life? I remember asking a, a preacher one time, I said, well, how do you determine God's will for your life? And he told me this. He said three things. He said that, uh, that, that should always uh, be considered. One is that the will of God will no, never take you in contrary to the Word of God. Sometimes people want to say, well, it's God's will for me to do this or do that. But listen, it goes contrary to the word of God. And you can say definitively, that is not God's will for your life. Because it goes against the Bible. It goes against Scripture. There are things that God uh, would not have for us to do that, that would go in contrary to the word of God. So God's will will never take you against the word of God. The secondly, he said, uh, not only the word of God, but uh, I'll just give you this. It really wasn't in my outline, but since I started down this rabbit trail, we'll take it. Um, the second way to determine God's will, not just the word of God, but he said, uh, he said the peace of God. Uh, listen, there's some times that, that God just doesn't give you peace about something. And, uh, and, and maybe you can't explain it, and maybe you can't say, well, this is why, or, or this or that, but there's just an uneasy feeling, and God's saying, listen, that's, that's not the right choice, or that's not the best thing to do, or, or, or you need to be careful on that, and, and listen, there's not the peace of God. And thirdly, he said it was a real practical one. He said there's no opportunity. You say, well, I'm praying, that the, uh, I'm praying about the Lord's will for me to... Move to Alaska to take a job. Well, do you have a job? No. Well, if there's no opportunity, then it's probably not God's work. Well, there's a real practical one. Just uh, praying about crazy stuff that, that are just not practical and there's no opportunity there. And, and, uh, and certainly uh, that would kind of rule out God's will. If the door's not open, then you can't kick it open and there's no way to get it open. Then, uh, then, then that, that's not what God wants. But as we think about this idea of heartfelt acceptance, where we were talking about the will of God and the word of God, and the word of God is very clear, gives us an outlay of what God's will is for our life. It helps us determine what direction and what path we should take in this, in this world. The Bible does say this in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hey, listen, we have got to have the word of God in our hearts before we can ever accept it. If you don't know the Word of God, then you'll never be able to determine the will of God for your life. You've got to get in the book and understand what the Word of God is saying in, 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 it, in it. If you don't know it, then you can't ever determine the will of God in your life. Because it's very clearly laid out. And he says that in Colossians 3.16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. 
And listen, the Word of God is so important. We need to spend time in the Word of God. I know we advocate reading the Word of God and reading through the Bible in one year. And, and I, I think that's important. I think you ought to do that. Uh, and that will help give you an overview and make sure that you don't miss parts and make sure that you kind of got a good uh, familiarity with the Word of God. Uh, but listen, you ought to get something out of the Bible, Bible reading every day too. Don't just read it to read through it and get through and check out your little box, but make sure you're saying, hey God, speak to my heart today. I want to know what uh, you desire from me, from your word, and look for God every single day in the word of God. Have it in your heart. And how's it going to get in there? We've got to meditate on the Word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 1 and verse number 2, I remember memorizing that Psalm, uh, the entire Psalm 1, and uh, it says, um, I can't get the first word. Uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. We've gotten away from meditation. By meditation, I'm not saying the little, um, that's not meditation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking the Word of God, reading it, memorizing it, and studying it, saying, I wonder what that means. Taking a passage, taking even Psalm 40 and verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And understanding, hey, what does this verse mean? How does it speak to me? What is God trying to give uh, give to us in this verse? And just taking that one verse and, and meditating on it. I remember a preacher saying this one time, and and uh, they were they were farmers as well. And and uh, he said, that, you know, the old cow. He said they'll go out there and they'll graze in the grass. He said, and then you'll see a cow and he'll be laying down in a field out there. And you're like, what is that cow doing out there? And pretty soon you see that cow, he's just laying there. He's, he's just laying and he's kind of looking. And all of a sudden you look and you notice he's chewing. He's chewing and he's chewing away. And all of a sudden he swallows. You watch that cow for a little bit, pretty soon he's chewing again. Now he didn't reach down and, and pick up any new growth. What is that cow doing? What on earth is going on? You know what he's doing? A cow uh, will, will chew the grass and they'll swallow it and it will go to one of their stomachs. And then they'll sit down in the pasture and you know what they'll do? That, that grass will come back up out of their stomach, come back into their mouth. You're saying gross. I know. Just wait. Hang on with me. He'll chew it again and he'll swallow it again. This time it will go to a different stomach. And he'll sit there and after a while he'll come back up and he'll chew it again. You know what he's doing? He's getting every ounce of nutrients out of that grass that he can get. He, he doesn't just digest the first time around. He's, it's a process that he's got to go through in order to get all of the nutrients out of that. Listen, the Word of God is rich with nutrients. The Word of God is rich with all kinds of information. The Word of God is very good for us, but sometimes we've got to meditate on it. We've got to think about it. And as you read the Word of God and you get this verse, hey, when you go home this afternoon after lunch, and just before you close your eyes, Think about, hey, I delight to do thy will. What does that verse mean to me? How does that verse speak to my heart? 
and meditate on the Word of God and think about those verses or maybe your Bible reading that you read this morning and and have a heartfelt acceptance of the Word of God. You've got to have it in your heart. You've got to meditate upon it. You've got to look at it and say, what's God trying to speak to me? And, And think about the Word of God. A heartfelt acceptance starts with the affirmation of the Word of God. And he said, yea, uh, that I I agree that the Word of God is in my heart. But not only that, it also has to be the authority in our life. Listen, many people, they know what the Word of God says. It's not a question of, does this go against the Word of God? It's rather a matter of, I know what the Word says, but I simply don't want to do it. And it doesn't, it's not the authority in their life. Hey, listen, sometimes we're there. I mean, sometimes you, you and I, we mess up in our lives. Why? Because we're stubborn, we're hard-headed, we're hard-hearted sometimes. And we don't want to do what the Word of God says. And we go in contrary to the Word of God. And what I'm saying is, listen, we need to accept and affirm the Word of God. But not only that, it ought to be the authority, the absolute authority in our life. We have to have a heartfelt acceptance of the Word of God. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments. Jesus doesn't want to just hear the words, I love you, but He wants to hear them, or see them rather, in the action of our everyday life, saying, God, I, I love you. It's not in word, but rather in deed of the things that, and the way that I live my life that would be pleasing and gratifying to the Lord. We see a heartfelt acceptance of God's Word in this verse. I want you to see as well this. He says, I delight to do Thy will. Not only the heartfelt acceptance of the Word of God that would determine the will of God, but I want you to see humility in action. There is an abandonment to self. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 16, 24, he said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. By nature, we are selfish people. I mean, nobody, I've said this before and I'll say it again, uh, nobody teaches their children how to be selfish. You don't have to teach your children that. It comes naturally. It's easy. Um, If you give a a, a kid a sucker and he's got that sucker and there's three other kids around, you know what? He's going to be like, a little closer. I mean, may... And I have seen some kids do share, and they're a little kinder. But, but, but nature, just naturally, they're my sucker. He might even step away from the other kids. It's mine. I mean, I don't want those other kids. This is mine. Or my cookie. And, and they're selfish by nature. Listen, uh, we are selfish by nature. And sometimes God's will goes contrary to our will. We don't want what God wants. And listen, we have to... As we think about this verse, thy will, we have to humble ourselves and say, you know what, God, it's not what I want. It's what you want. I, um, I remember I was called to preach when I was 13 years old. And I surrendered to the Lord and, and I told the Lord at 13 years old, I said, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. 
You want me to be a, a, a missionary? I'll be a missionary. You want me to be an evangelist? I'll be an evangelist. You want me to be a pastor? I'll be a pastor. You want me to, uh, whatever you want me to do, you want me to be a doorkeeper in your house. I'll be the guy that stands at the door and greets people coming into the church. I, whatever it is that you want me to do, that's what I want to do with my life. And, uh, uh, and listen, as going through my life, uh, I remember uh, God was really impressed on my heart for missions. And as I was looking at mission, man, I was excited. I'll tell you what, uh, to go to the mission field and, and, uh, and, and uh, preach the gospel, I mean, that, to me, that was exciting. I was, I was excited about that. And of course, you know the story. The Lord uh, took and moved us off to, to Peru, and we were down there for some time. And the, more, the Lord moved us to Italy. And, and, uh, and, and even going from Peru to Italy, man, I struggled. I thought, Lord, I, I don't know. That's not really what I want to do. I, I argued with the Lord for a long time. Lord, I speak Spanish. I don't speak Italian. And I argued with the Lord. I said, I can go to Parkway. I can go to uh, Bolivia. I can go to uh, any Spanish-speaking South American country tomorrow and start a work because I already know Spanish. The Lord said, no, that's not what I want. The Lord moved us, and I can honestly say it was the Lord that moved us to Italy. We went off to Italy. We were there, and, and listen, not everything's always easy. I, I understand that in the ministry. Not everything was always easy in Peru either. But after a while, the Lord uh, started working on my heart, and, and, and the Lord brought us back here to Ohio. And I'll tell you what, one of the hardest decisions I had to make, because Shane Rice did not want to come back to Ohio, if I'm just flat honest with you. Hey, I, my, my, my goal in life was to spend the rest of my life serving the Lord overseas. That's really what uh, Shane Rice wanted to do. But God said, hey, I want you to come back. And I tell you what, I had to die to self. Say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. And say, God, I'll follow you wherever you want me to be. And if you want me to be in Massillon, Ohio, God, I would rather be in the center of your will than be doing what I think is a good thing uh, and following Shane Rice's will elsewhere and doing something else. Because listen, God's will is the most important thing. And we need to abandon ourselves and say, God, not my will, as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, but thy will be done. And this psalm is talking about thy will. It's an abandonment of self. By nature, we're selfish people. I heard a preacher, one day he was traveling, he was telling the story, was traveling, and he'd been traveled, traveling for several days or, or some of that nature, and it was a long trip, and, and they were driving, and, and so they pulled into a rest area, a gas station, and, and as they were there, uh, he, said, uh, he said that... Uh, he was just sitting in his car. He was tired of driving. He was tired of traveling. And, and so he was just reading the paper. And as he was sitting there in his car, he said, a, a, a biker gang drove up to that gas station. They got off, and you could tell, I mean, they were a rough bunch. And, and I don't know how many of them, 15, 20 of them were there. And, and, and he said, the Lord said to his heart, go give them a gospel track. And he said, Lord, I'm tired. He put his paper up a little higher so he couldn't see him. He said, I've been traveling, and I don't feel like getting out of the car. I just need to rest a little bit. I just want to sit here. 
And he argued with the Lord for a little bit. And, and after a little bit, he said uh, he heard the car door shut. Put his paper down, looked, and his, his wife that was five foot, uh, five foot and 110 pounds soaking wet had gotten out of the car with a handful of gospel tracts. And Lord said, if you're not going to go, I'll send your wife. She went out there to all those biker guys and gave them all gospel tracts. And he said, I didn't do God's will. Listen, sometimes it's a daily thing that we need to be sensitive to God, that we need to be abandoning of ourselves and say, God, not just in big things, but in little daily things that we would say, God, help me to do your will today. Help me to abandon myself. Help me to surrender to your will. And God, help me to accept what your will is. You know, Jesus, when he came to the, to the earth in that prayer that he prayed, uh, thy will be done. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, and verses 7 down through 8, he said, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he hung humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. There's no greater example of humility than that of Jesus Christ. He didn't deserve to die. He didn't sin. There was no, no wrong that he did. There was no reason for him to die. But he went to the cross. He humbled himself and said, listen, not my human will that doesn't desire to have pain and desire to suffer. And Jesus could feel pain. And Jesus did suffer uh, because he was in a human form and he was man and he was God at the same time. But listen, he said, thy will be done. Listen, in our life, we need to abandon ourselves and exemplify humility and action and say, God, I'm not going to live for me, but I am going to live my life for you. And the psalmist says here in verse number eight, I delight to do thy will, not my will, thy will, God's will. Oh my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. We see a heartfelt acceptance. We see humility in action. But I want you to notice lastly, in this last part of this verse, look what it says. He said in the very first part, I delight to do thy will. We see happiness awarded. Happiness awarded. Doing the will of God produces joy in your life. Doing the will of God will produce joy in your life. Jesus had just given a lesson in, 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 to the disciples on washing feet and, and they came in and He washed their feet and, and He was giving them a lesson in, in servanthood and serving one another. And at the end of that passage, He said this, If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Listen, it's one thing to know the will of God. It's one thing to know the Word of God. It's one thing to know what God wants you to do, but it's another thing to do it. And actually submitting yourself and doing what God wants you to do will result in happiness and joy ultimately in your life. I'll be honest with you. Can I be frank with you this morning? There's times sometimes... I, when I would go, even in Peru and even here, there's, there's days when, uh, when I don't feel like going out and passing out tracks. There's days when visitation rolls around and, and I don't feel like doing that. But I go anyway. Can I tell you, 
that every single time without fail, it doesn't matter if it's hot, it doesn't matter if a dog chases me down the road, it doesn't matter if somebody cusses me out, without fail, every time I have gone, I have felt good about it. And I've had joy in my life. That's not to say that it was an enjoyable experience, but at the end, I know, hey, between me and God, everything's all right because I did what He wanted me to do. And there's a joy that comes about from serving God. Happy are ye if ye do them. And He wants us to do His will, and He wants us to live out His will in our life. Listen, I I know uh, I kind of reference this, but doing the will of God is not always enjoyable. I will say that. Sometimes there's hard things. Hey, it was not enjoyable. Can I say it this way? It was not enjoyable for Jesus Christ to go to the cross and allow those guys to nail Him to the cross. That was not enjoyable. But the Bible does say this. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured that hardship of the cross. He despised the shame. He didn't enjoy uh, going to that cross, and He didn't enjoy the shame of hanging on that cross with all the criminals that were around Him, but He endured it and He despised it because on the other side of that was joy that you and I could be saved. Hey, there's not always doing the will of God. It's not always enjoyable. But at the end, when everything's said and done, hey, it will give you joy in your life. If you'll submit, if you'll humble yourself and do the will of God. He said, I delight to do thy will. Because there is joy. There's joy in serving the Lord. Do you have a heartfelt acceptance of God's will in your life? Have you humbled yourself to God's will? And happiness is yours for submitting yourself to God's will and doing it. Can I say this this morning? I have no regrets about following the Lord in my life. I'd do it all over again. Every bit of it. Is it hard? Yeah, some things were. But I have no regrets. Because serving God always produces joy. Follow the Lord with your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we stand to our feet. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for really the assurance that you give us in your word. God, certainly not everything is easy. Living our life and following your will is not always easy in our life. But God, without a doubt... It's always enjoyable. 
Because, God, we know that you'll help us, that you'll strengthen us. God, that you'll lead us, that you'll direct us. God, maybe there's one that's faltering on the edge of courage and knows your will but doesn't want to submit to your will. God, I pray that you'd help them to submit to your will. To give in. To say, God, I will do your will. God, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart as only you can. God, help us not to have any reserves and hold back in serving you. But help us to give all and to surrender all for your honor, for your glory. God, thank you for the privilege we have of serving you. What a privilege we have as Christians. What an opportunity we have as people who are saved to take a path that's so much better in our life than what we may choose for our life. God, I pray that you speak to each and every heart as only you can and we'll thank you for God, if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you as their own personal Savior, may they put their faith and trust in you this morning with their life. We'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, maybe God wants something from you. Maybe God has something that he's put on your heart and he's asking you to do. You've been holding out on God and you've been saying, and I don't know that I can do it. Let me encourage you this morning, just surrender to God. Just tell Him that you'll do whatever He wants you to do. There's no greater joy than following God in your life. There's no greater adventure either than following God with your life. plays the altar's open maybe you're here this morning and you've never been saved why not be saved today maybe you need to be baptized you know it's God's will for you to be baptized maybe you need to join the church whatever the need the altar's open to